Welcome back, cowboys and cowgirls, to Ingles and Ian, the CowboysRideForFree.com podcast. And as always, you're a good friend of mine, Mr. Ian. How you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Long time no see. I think it's, it's been two weeks. We both we both been really busy. Yeah, so. I uh, I was moving most of last week. Um, you know, so getting settled and work and everything else, and plus I was been sick. So you know, it is. No, and I, if you I, grew with my. I'm sorry, go ahead. If you grew up anywhere like in the south or east, you know pollen season. Like mm-hmm. my car has been yellow, <laughs> like pretty much Ooh. every morning. <laughs> so it so out my allergies are like through the roof. Now my well, the job that I've been working, the nights we try to schedule podcasts are the nights that I'm usually working at night. But thankfully, getting a new job soon. I'll have to probably only work mornings for the most part, maybe a few doubles here and there. But I think it's going to be easier to arrange uh, podcasting time. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of a slower time. We're sort of in the grind, especially because OSU didn't make the basketball tournament. Uh, you know, so it is kind of what it is. Uh, I know my, I've had some issues myself, so, you know, but we're we're going to be back at it hardcore, um, you know, and there's a lot, of, a lot of good, interesting stuff going on with Oklahoma State sports. You know, uh, the softball team has been on a run. Uh, in the last 11 games, they've outscored opponents 92 to 10. I mean, starting off big 12 play, I mean, two of the three games against Texas Tech were five innings. Game against Tulsa was five innings. Game against Wichita State was five innings, who they play again. They haven't lost a game since March 16th. Yeah, they, uh, they are rolling. They're back in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh It'd be really interesting to see how they continue, especially at the end of the season, because they play at least currently ranked number three, Florida State and number one, OU and back to back series to finish out the season. They go 500 through those six games. That's going to be a really, really good test. And for those who don't remember, Florida State and OU played for the Nat for the Natty last year in softball. Uh, Florida State was the one that eliminated OSU in that uh midnight game yeah. due to rain delays right. thankfully this year i think they've implemented like two extra days um of either rest or just like just in case so we should there they should be all right for softball season so yeah but i mean that those games are tough and especially because they're both on the road both series are on the road and you have a double header with florida state april 29th yeah, one of the interesting things that I was I was looking at, um, so half of the team's losses came within a 36-hour span. They lost three games in a row, two of which were doubleheader. They're like there are a few hits here and there away from being like only having two or three losses. And those were games they weren't hitting very well. Uh, we talked about it earlier, uh, you know. For the first 10 or 15 games, they were hitting not very well. You know, like a 220 average for the team. Now they're up to like 315 for the team, which is huge. So if they can keep this up, man, I think there's a really good shot of Bedlam College World Series, depending on how the brackets and everything work out, obviously. Like how crazy would that be in Oklahoma City, Bedlam World Series? It'd be fantastic for the state, I'll tell you that. Now, I will say last year, they finished 48 and 12. And right now they are, I think, 20, 28 and six. So, I mean, current, currently, I don't know what the halfway point is, but oh, they it looks that. like they'll be on pace to get that same record. So, I, Eilish has been really awesome. 
uh, Morgan Day, Kelly Maxwell. That starting rotation has been phenomenal. I think there's been like two, three, maybe five no hitters this year. Uh, they've just been they've been fantastic. Uh, they're well past that halfway point. Uh, just eyeballing it, there's roughly 15, 16 games left. And well, that worked. also included tournament play. So mm, yeah, that is fair. So right now they're twenty eight and six overall. That's a really good margin. They're at a good clip. And what's really interesting is so at home, they're 12 and one away. They're eight and one neutral sites, eight and four. So, I mean, they're they've been in neutral sites are generally earlier in the season. So, I mean, they're just on this terror right now. Basically, they're roughly 22 and three, 22, like in the last 25 games, something like that. Yeah, I mean. Well, I, I, I'm assuming that that Duke game is also a neutral game. So that's four losses right there. And that home loss was to Stanford in a doubleheader. And then the away loss was to uh, UT Arlington uh, during a midweek game where they had a game against North Texas the day before. Right. So, um, yeah, they've been killing it. Undefeated in conference play uh, thus far. Have a game against Wichita State on Wednesday night at Wichita. Then they head up to Ames. Uh, for the Iowa State series. I got a Ames. <laughs> I, just, I just hate Ames. Uh, but yeah, they're they're rolling. Uh, you know, the uh, the baseball team um, is doing really well. They're back in the top 10 as well. Um, even though they're not hitting great, um, there's still like a lot of games where they're hitting like a buck 90. Um, and that's not good as a team, but they're just, they're they're still cruising though. Yeah, um, yeah, they're twenty and eight right now. Lost their first uh, bedlam game, uh, six to seven. I think that was the first game in eleven. First and eleven that OU won. They have a chance to get revenge April eighth through the tenth at O'Bright. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, they've done a really good job. Beat Kansas State two out of the last uh, or two out of three. Got Wichita State. Tonight, currently, that game's on ESPN Plus uh, as we're recording. So, yeah, they got a good stretch of games. I'm curious to see what they do against Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, those two teams are kind of the teams that you kind of need to beat to win the Big 12, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean, but you got Oklahoma State, who, according to D1 Baseball, is six, Texas is seven, Tech is four. And yeah. It's sort of a murderer's row in Big Twelve play. TCU is twenty three as well. Like, oh yeah, half the <laughs> pretty much half the conference is ranked to the top twenty five. Yeah, and you got to give it up for them. I mean, well, TCU is without they lost their head coach to A and M, and the fact that they're at twenty three. I'll take a look at their record real quick. Nineteen uh, nine. Nineteen nine. That's really solid. Mm-hmm. So give them credit, and they're going to be sneaky. They come to O'Bright which is going to be awesome. And so oh, no. does Texas I, Tech does too. Get your I may tickets. have to go to Omaha this year. I may just take some time off and go to Omaha this year. Shoot, if if, if it, Oklahoma yeah. State makes it, I I really might. Yeah, because, I mean, when has Oklahoma State ever won a baseball title? Was it like 1958 or something? I don't know for sure, but my gut reaction is no, they've never won one. Let me take a look. So they've won the championship in 1959. That's their only one. Okay. They've been runner-up five times, and last time they've made the College World Series was 2016. Yeah, that was a good run, too. They went pretty deep. 
Yeah, I think they were like fourth or something. I think they lost to the. I think they lost to the runner-up. Can't confirm that though. And the well, tell you the last time they've won a regular season conference championship, 2014. Last time they won the conference tournament was 2019. Okay, so yeah, that's interesting to me. So yeah, they're they're, they're they've definitely been on this upward trajectory, and this year is no, you know, no different. I mean. We're getting late into the season, still top 10 in the country. You know, there's and in a very tough league, too. You know, Big 12 is no slouch. So, uh, you know, the coaches and staff and everybody have got the bit. I mean, both even softball and baseball, they're just cranking it out. Softball, you know, they're doing really well and baseball is doing really well. So uh, I'm glad we're investing in other sports that aren't football, even though football is, you know, the king, obviously. But, you know, not like we're not slacking in our sports. And that's a good. Well, uh, what uh, there was a uh, there's going to be a renovation to the stadium, I think, Uh Forty million dollars going into the into Boone Pickens. They're gonna I think they're gonna revamp the turf, or they're gonna get turf. One of the two. I yeah, I think they're putting it. The from what I read, they're putting down uh, new turf. So in, I mean, I don't remember if they've replaced it since, but they put down. The only time I've known them putting down that the the field turf was in like 2000, 2001. So that turf is like twenty years old at this point. So it does need to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it, it'll get done. It'll get done. So uh, we'll see where that lands. But ask it. So you mentioned equestrian earlier. Uh, right now they want to. Where are they at in their season? Uh, they just won the Big 12 title. And I'm still trying to figure out the figure this sport out. So anyone on the equestrian team, for some reason, you're listening to this podcast and want to explain how this sport works. Please let me know because I would love to hear it and figure it out uh, because I know Jack about horses, uh, but they just won their eighth Big 12 title and will be the top seed going into the Natty. So yeah, be- so I know a little bit. I announced two duels or not duels, two events this past uh, year. So what I can tell you is there's four events, fences, flat, reining, and horsemanship. And it's they go in a weird order, but what happens is everyone will go and you're competing against one person. Whoever gets the highest score out of those will win a point for their team. So you'll go down the line, it'll be like four, two, five, one, or something. So yeah, it'll be just like that. Yeah. I I I know Jack about horses, my my ex-wife was a former horse vet. That's pretty much all I know about horses. Uh, but, you know, it's always good to see OSU winning. Um, Equestrian's been a big thing for them. Uh, so hopefully that's another natty to add to the, to the titles. Yeah, so it looks like they're going to take on Fresno State first. And the number two seed is Auburn, whom they beat uh, at a actually one of the duels I've announced. They also beat TCU, Baylor, and Fresno State. So that and that's for dual discipline. That'll take place April 14th through 16th. It looks like they've announced a little horse. Maybe I don't know, but single discipline. I believe that's what it is. No, 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 dual discipline. That's where it is going. That's where it's going down. So you got yeah, Oklahoma, Fresno State, TCU, Georgia, AM Baylor, and Auburn and SMU. <laughs> of course, SMU has an equestrian team. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, good old Mustangs. Hey, credit to him. Roll Stangs, man. Is it Roll Stangs or I don't whatever. Pony is Pony Up, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Pony Up. Yeah. So let, let's hit on something that will generally be mostly football related. The commissioner of the Big 12 has announced he's stepping down. You got any thoughts on that? It's kind of weird. He did all the hard work, tried to get teams in. He's like, you know what? I'm done. So I assume being a commissioner is very tiring. So, yeah, I, I mean, don't blame it's only a multi-billion dollar business. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, there's like no, no uh, pressure. Um, but yeah. It um, is interesting, the timing. And, but I think it's probably one of those things where, you know, if you're going to do it, especially with all the changes that are coming, you got to be, you probably got to be committed for at least five years, right? To see yeah. through all the changes, everything else. So I expect um, that there was some negotiations at the Big 12 to say, and he was like, maybe I'm not, I've, I've done the hard work. I've gone through a lot of crap. So maybe it's time to, I don't have it in me to do all of this again, essentially, because he essentially was there for the last big round of uh, realignment. And so I, I just got a feeling that he was talking with, you know, granted, uh, what he's like, he's, he's in his sixties, mid sixties. Right. And yeah. he's been running a power five conference for a decade. He's probably got more money than I'll ever. See. And you know, at a certain point, you're probably like, if I'm going to do this, I've got to do this until I'm in my 70s. And I would suspect he's like, I'm, I don't want to do yeah, be like, no, nah, I'm good. And I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out that he maybe he he's stepping down, but will remain in some capacity with the league. Uh, but it'll be it's going to be really interesting to see how that all. Oh, yeah, I bet it'll be like they'll give him some like board of directors gig, I think sounds that sounds right so that yeah or just you know special advisor to the president or or whatever Mm. commissioner kind of thing (laughs) but i mean he's he's been doing it for 10 years and it's not been easy 10 years in the big 12 yeah not at all and like i said if you're gonna do it you've got to see it through till at least 2025 until all the transition is done and then handle the transition and so you're, you're looking if you're going to do it, you got to be committed to at least 20, 20 minutes. And I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could do it in five to. years. Yeah. You know, that, that's just, just tough. Well, the big thing is, is whenever the media contract comes up and that's going to be tough as I'll get out. Which is um, around, that's, it's around 2025, right? If I remember correctly, it's basically the year OU. And I think so. Leaves. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see if they go, if they stay quote unquote in house or if they do what the PAC 12 did where they went and got, um, I don't remember his name, but he's, he was an executive for, uh, a big casino company, uh, like, uh, and so, you know, it's all, will they, will they hire somebody to maximize that TV deal or will they, what would it was really going to pin like be really interesting to see who they, who they go you know that's really, really good question and i i mean we're going to see down the line of course so that that's something to monitor for sure yeah and you got to figure like the reason he's announcing it now is so that he can be a part of it and everything mm-hmm. to say okay well 
you know, uh, you know, basically I'm, they're not going to, he's not going to step down before his successor comes up. Right. So, but it'd be really like, I mean, if it were me, especially because the, those TV deals are so lucrative, I go try to poach someone from like a, like an executive who um, knows that business in, cause that, that's the most important thing, right? Cause that's where all the revenue, more mm-hmm. revenue comes from those football TV contracts and anything else. So if it were me, I'm, I don't like, I'm looking at somebody high up at Disney. Yeah. I think you have to just so that way you have that connection and you're able to get that deal. You know, when it hurt, I would love to see the big 12 on CBS take that two thirty slot away. Cause it's, cause um, SEC is going to ESPN and I, thing 24 2025 that'd be great yeah something like that but i mean because so much of our pretty much all of our athletic revenue is based off the football contract yeah um so you gotta i I think you've got to go for somebody who can who knows that that particular business more than anything because you know what no one like there's just I mean, even basketball at this point is a six month, six week sport. I mean, no one really cares oh. about basketball outside of Big 12 tournament and NCAA. I disagree. I could disagree with that. I think whenever, I think whenever football ends and you're able to see it, those well, students are there. So I think well, like and students, yes, is when it starts. TV money. That that, that that's where, like the basketball program. They make their majority of their money because of. January, February, and most of it is March. And so I think it's just become so football centric that we've got to figure out somebody pushed. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I think my connection's shoddy, but what what I also was going to say was um, they also make money off East Week, like those like almost preseason like tournaments. That also gets a big chunk of revenue and that gets a lot of TV time as well. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, for the most part, the majority of money that basketball makes is the, the conference tournament in the NCAA. Uh, yeah. So, and, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if baseball is breaks even. I, I couldn't even tell you. Like, I, I would guess not. Um, they find ways. Look at their MLB TV deal. It's like, I think it's like $200. Now people will pay for that. Oh, wait, you're talking about college baseball. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm talking about. Like, I was thinking MLB. No, no. Right. Obviously, usually baseball makes money, but, uh, you know, Oklahoma State baseball. I I mean, I know their scholarship stuff is mm-hmm. weird because most of them are like half scholarships and stuff, but still, they're break even at best. Um, yeah. I think it all depends on just, well, it, it also just depends on if you're good. If you're good, you're going to make more money. So well, that, yes. I think that <laughs> if I were to guess, I'd say that they're. There's a few sports in the positive, I think, at OSU because they're invested in them. Yeah. Uh, base or basketball, football, definitely in the positive. Women's basketball, I don't think hard to say. I think softball not. would probably be more in the cut than, uh, yeah, but, than, um, but the thing about, uh, if you, if you think about basketball. it in terms of expended grant, I also don't know how scholarships work in softball. If they're more like baseball, mm-hmm. I don't know, but, um, there's just so few scholarship athletes for women's basketball. So the cost is a lot yeah. lower. I mean, cause you're going to have, I mean, yeah. assuming everything's full, uh, full scholarship on a softball team, you're looking at 25, 27 scholarships and basketball is going to be 12, 13. 
So, uh, yeah, that now that's true. That's definitely true. God. All right. Well, everyone who has listened to this podcast for a while knows I like financial numbers. So I guess I know what I need to start researching <laughs> for the next podcast. And we'll go into like financial breakdowns of all the teams. Cowboys ride for free is going to have a tweet that just outlines every financial figure for us. The grandfather, <laughs> he's going to have it. He's got the numbers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, this weekend, got the Masters coming up. Uh, a couple of the golf guys are going to be there. Obviously, you're going to have Hovland and Wolf. And, uh, I don't think Charlie Howe made it this year. I don't think, I know Ricky didn't make it here, but I mean, Oklahoma State always shows up, shows up good. I'm really like, granted, he's played terribly the last year, but I'm really thinking about dropping a bet on Matthew Wall. He's, he's 3,000 to one. So a $20 bet will net me six grand if he pulled, and he's got the talent. That's things. Yeah. He's been playing like crap. He's got the talent. So I'm like 20 bucks for six grand. That's not too bad. I'm going to tell you a story. So this is my first radio show with my old, like with whatever station I did it for. And it was the week of the masters. And I said, I would take this, this was 2019. So I said, I would take the field over tiger woods because tiger woods doesn't have it anymore. And I just like, I didn't believe in him. I was like, there's no way he's winning. Like he's old. Get out of here. He ended up winning the masters that year. So I don't even, I was like, well, I tried but you know what? Okay, this is actually pretty crazy. Tiger Woods is better odds than Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson's been hurt a lot. Uh, uh, and he okay. has not, like, he's, he's just not, he doesn't play well at the mask. Mm. Uh, that doesn't surprise me, but it's also, you got to remember, bet those some of those betting odds are based on just, like, how much money goes there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw a stat today where Tiger has, like, 10% of all money to win it on him. I mean, I don't think he'll do it, but if he makes the weekend, man, that's going to just making the weekend after what's happened to him in the last year. It plus was it 14 months or whatever with the accident Mm -hmm. and everything. That'd be wild. I need to, I need to look it up because Hovland is playing out of his mind right now. So I, I might, I might do some kind of like Oklahoma state betting where I'm like, put some money on Hovland and Wolf and, um, I can't remember his. He has the same betting odds as Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, and Roy McIlroy at plus nineteen hundred. That's a yeah. That's pretty good. I that's mean, re- that's really good for golf because the favorite John Rom mm-hmm. plus twelve hundred. Right. So, so he he's a sort of in that like second tier of yeah yeah. They, and what'd you say? What was the uh, guy that you mentioned with? Was it plus three thousand? Plus thirty thousand for Matthew. Plus Wolf. thirty thousand Matthew Wolf. Ooh, those are always so sketchy. Golf bets are really sketchy because you just don't know what's gonna happen. But the between... thing is, what's twenty bucks, right? <laughs> like I know twenty I'm bucks just... with those odds, you're like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm like betting a lot of money, but he's talented enough to do it, right? And. uh so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's a long, long shot, but what's 20 bucks for someone who's got the talent to do it. Same with like uh, Charles Swartzel, like he mm-hmm. finished, I know he's finished top five. I think I th- he one year he finished runner up at Augusta and he's plus 5,500 or 55,000. I'm like, man, 
That's all. I, I, I could throw 20 bucks at that. Whatever. Sneaky good bet. Matthew Wolf to make the cut plus 108. Ooh, that is a good I'd, I'd make Got that. attorney specials finishing position. Oh, you could do top five finishes. Oh, man. I Victor Hofflin, top five finish plus 410. Oh, that's a good bet. That's a I good bet. I like that bet a lot. <laughs> Where are you looking at that at? Fandle. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a solid bet because he he's got he's and he's been playing crazy good. Mm-hmm. Top ten finish is plus one ninety. Yeah. So that's not. I mean, yeah, man, that could be an interesting parlay. Take them both. <laughs> or take, take the Cowboys. Well, take take Hovland to finish the top ten and top five. It'd be a pretty good parlay. That yeah, I think Mac, Matthew Wolf. Let, wait, let me do the math. Let me look at Matthew Wolf making cut and then. Um, Hofflin top five finish. That's and that that could be your cowboy, your cowboy bet. So let me look at the parlay real quick on that. And then top five finish, which I, top five finish I said was four ninety, right? Four ten, four ten. So some of your so okay, so you can't do a parlay on it. But I think those are the two bets you make this week because picking a winner is so like ten thousand one. So what you might do is you might pick the person with the worst odds, put twenty bucks on it. Just see what happens there. Make a bet where you close your eyes and just scroll. Pick one <laughs> golfer there for your winning bet. And then pick like the one that you think is going to win. Make three of those bets. And I think that odds are they'll all lose, but it's worth a shot. <laughs> just roll those dice, man. I was, I was talking to my little brother today. He's about 15 years younger than me. And I was like, you, like, you don't understand. Back in the day, there used to be a bet tiger or field that's how dominant <laughs> tiger was oh yeah oh yeah definitely there were times where it was even money it wasn't it wasn't tiger oh, plus two I or three hundred it was even money tiger or the field. <laughs> there will never be so, someone as dominant you never know you never know never, never say never that's all i'm gonna say all right real quick what's your what's your world series pick or how you feeling about the mlb this year uh it's hard to say uh you know i i am an astros fan uh they have depending on where you look they have the best or second best odds to win the al which i didn't expect especially after losing korea uh i don't know the dodgers are always loaded i mean the mets are loaded but they're the mets so oh, <laughs> like, yeah no you're not the mets are the number one sitcom in america <laughs> i like DeGrom's already hurt. Schwarzer's day to day. Yeah. They're at plus 200 on the, um, on NL East odds. They're not winning the division. Knock on wood. I just, I'm expecting the Mets to met. And I, I bet that the Mets would miss the playoffs. I would. Oh, that's, that, that's, a, we got to remember the playoffs are expanded this year. Yeah. 12 teams. Um, let me, yeah. So I think I've shaped it out. Braves, I think Phillies get a wild card. Brewers, Cardinals. And then probably Dodge, I think I put Dodgers Giants. So yeah, I think I don't know why, but like the Rockies have got a shot. They've they've added some good players. Uh, you know, they've also lost a lot. It's true. I but- mean, they added Chris Bryant, and I think that's it. But think about they could have had. I mean, they gave away Trevor Story. Trevor Story went to the Red Sox. Nolan Arenado traded the Cardinals last year. If they would have stuck with that core and kept Chris Bryant and also signed Chris Bryant, like they'd be a force to reckon with. 
I mean, I, I don't think, I think they're going to be in the conversation. I'm not like, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be better than the Dodgers. Uh, you know, if San Diego can stay healthy, who knows? Um, that's NL, AL. But it's also going to be a really interesting dynamic because we're going to have Universal DH. So, so the uh, offensive production for the NL teams is going to go up considerably. So that'll really change a lot of dynamics. Uh, you know, AL, uh, I think it's going to be Toronto, New York in the East. Uh, it's hard to say in the central, um, and then probably Houston, Seattle in the West. I don't believe in Seattle for one second. I don't. I may, I expect but, them to collapse completely. But who else is who else is going to do it? The, the A's are gutting themselves. Is Rangers? It, they've they've gotten there. I don't think they're going to make it this year. But worth noting, Angels. But we, I actually think it'll be. Yeah, there, there, there's. I mean, the Angels are the Angels are the Mets of the AL. I mean, that's just who they no, are. That's the Rangers. I'll admit that. Now the Rangers are the the Mets of the AL. Like the. <laughs> The Rangers have had talent, but they haven't had the talent that like no rings though. But but Anaheim for the last ten years they've had the best player in baseball and can't get to the playoffs. I mean they had Trout, Pujols, you know Hamilton they have Otani, like all this, all these things. They have Rendon. I they've improved on pitching. Now yeah. I think there's going to be three teams that make it from the AL East: Blue Jays, yeah. uh, Rays, and Red Sox. Everyone underestimates the Rays every year. Right, I don't think the Yankees are going to make it. Do something. Do what? You don't think the Yankees are going to make it? I I don't want them to. I I just, I just I don't know. I I've thought about. It. I've gone over my head over and over. I think I trust the Red Sox more than I do the Yankees. See, I would trust the Yankees as, as much as I hate them. I would trust the Yankees mm-hmm. over the Rays. So if I were going to pick three out of the AL East, it'd be Toronto. Uh, New York and Boston, and I, I think Toronto is going to win the division. I think I put that down as well. They're a very trendy pick. I've seen a lot of people pick them, and that worries me. But my I mean, ALCS. Wait, what's your World Series? I'll tell you mine here in a sec, and we can wrap up. Oh man, I mean, I'm going to be a bit of a homer here, and I'm going to flashback, you know, a couple of years. But if I were picking right now, it's Houston, uh, LA. And I'm guessing Houston wins. I don't know. Um, it really depends because it looks like uh, McCullers is finally going to be healthy and he's devastating. Uh, you know, if Verlander is Verlander, I mean, you, you've got essentially two aces right there. Uh, but it really depends on health. Like, that's the thing. It's one of those things where, like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Astros are one of those teams where, yeah, they could be the best team in baseball or two guys could blow their shoulders in the first week and the season's over. <laughs> like, what? That's, that's every team I feel like. So, but Very few people um, have best team to blow their shoulders. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the Pirates are not going to be the best team in baseball, period. Because <laughs> the Pirates yeah. are terrible <laughs> and will always Some be Some things are certain, other things are not. <laughs> yes. but, Watch yeah, the I, A's like Moneyball. Moneyball it. They have gotten again so much talent. There's yeah, there's no way that it happens, but you never know. Baseball's weird. So I'll tell you this. I have your Astros going to the ALCS and losing okay. to the White Sox. Uh, I White really Sox like team. what the White I really like what the White Sox have done. 
Um, their bullpen is really strong. They have Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. Uh, they got a couple pieces. They just got A.J. Pollock from the Dodgers. And I think those two teams will meet up. I think the Dodgers will beat the White Sox because I think the Dodgers are just too loaded. Dodgers are a safe bet. Uh, so, yeah, Dodgers over White Sox. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, I think it's a pretty wide open field uh, this year because a lot of talent got really moved around because for a while it feels like all the talent was like concentrating a couple of teams. It's really dispersed. Mm-hmm. Correa went to Detroit or Minnesota. The Twins. He went to the yeah. Twins. Detroit's sleeper playoff team, like to make the playoffs, not like contenders, but oh. AL Central is going to be spicy. So did you see the, uh, speaking of baseball, did you see the, the thing today to where uh, major league baseball teams can use the uh, device to send signals instead of actually using them. So like the catcher, the pitcher and three fielders will have a device that they wear that'll like buzz or tap or something that'll indicate pitch location, selection, everything. It's, it's really, I sim- think that's- it's really similar to what the, uh, what Vanderbilt was using against Oklahoma state. At the start of the year. I think that's smart. I mean, I feel like you, you have to evolve. And baseball is practically a dinosaur when it comes to evolving. And I feel like that's that's a step in the right direction when it comes to evolving your product and, you know, kind of preventing that. Because, I mean, the fact that there's the biggest scandal of the last what, 10 years in the MLB was of teams banning a trash can and various other stuff. But that was a big scandal. And the fact that that is happening, and I, I'm sure they'll find a way to cheat around it, not the Astros specifically, but um other teams will find a way to hack it hack it or whatever so, so for for me we'll for me i don't like the granted i don't know how in depth the players were and depending on angle they couldn't see the pitch right they could see where the how the catcher moved and everything i don't really like the i don't like fielders having knowledge of the pitch unless they can actually see it just because you can start to cheat you know, and especially with how you're banning the shift and everything else, you're going to be able to start really, you know, grooving balls, to try and get them into certain positions. And I just, I don't like that uh, very much, but beyond that, I, I mean, I hate it when I first saw it and especially in college, because every player has it and not, you know, but if it was just pitcher and catcher, that'd be different because that's pretty much the communication anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do dislike multiple in multiple fielders having, I think that maybe three is too many. I think probably your first base and third base guys could use it because that's the way it's going to push. Or you have your shortstop and second baseman have it. I think two is probably the right amount. One of the left side of the infield, one of the right side of the infield. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I could maybe get okay with that, but even then, like you especially your middle infielders where they're playing is so much more position or uh, situation specific, you know, don't play depth, you know, really depends on the situation more than the pitch. But if you give, I mean, a really good defensive second baseman, like, you know, like Altuve, he's, you know, Cole Glover, you give him an extra step. He's going to just be stifling. Um, so and, and the thing is, and because we all know it's going to happen and baseball is crazy about analytics, is there, you know those guys are going to have reports of, you know, this ball here, here, and here on this batter, 97% of the time is going or whatever, whatever the percentage. So it, it just, 
honestly, it feels worse than science to me. Like in some respects, I feel like it's more cheating than, than actually, you know, the science ceiling, because once you can, that. once you like an extra step for a professional athlete is giant. I, well, there just shouldn't be any, any analytics on it. I, baseball needs to go back to baseball. That sounds like an old man. They, they need to cut back on the analytics because the you thing know, is some analytics, good, make, but analytics wins ball games. Like it just is. Why do I need to know the exit velocity of a home run when I know it like went like 400 feet? What's well, the exit but, velocity going to do for them? What does it do for teams? I don't understand it. Well, I mean, that is one. I mean, that's more for, uh, you know, the TV audience. But if you know that somebody hits a pitch up and in 20% harder than down and in, that's an it's a big number, right? And, and that's why it matters. And if you know that they're hitting it, maybe, maybe a down and in pitch for... Bryce Harper, he pushes it to the right side of the infield 60% of the time, right? And now you know as a fielder that you're getting a he's getting a down and in pitch. You know, that really changes things. It no, it does. So we'll see what happens. That's gonna be very, very interesting. Uh one last baseball related thing. Uh former Oklahoma State shortstop, Jordy Mercer retired today. Um, was a I mean, he had a good career. It wasn't like spectacular, but you know, he uh, he played in the bigs for like ten years. No, I, the thing with baseball, because whenever I think of like a good ball player, and I'm, I'm just I was listening to a Sam on this uh, podcast, but Kevin Euclid. Think about Kevin Euclid's first set. He played, I think, like eight years or nine years in the big leagues. So ten years is really good. Yeah, I don't know. 10 years is, uh, yeah, but he was just one of those guys. He hit like 240, but was a really good defensive shortstop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's still better. I mean, spending 10 years in any pro sport is something. I mean, yeah. he's no Hall of Famer. Most people will never remember him as like, unless he was just like your favorite player or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but he had a good career and, uh, you know, hopefully he's going on to bigger and better things. Who knows? Maybe he's just going to retire back. Cause I, I know he still lives in Oklahoma or at least he was living in Oklahoma a couple of years ago. So maybe just like, like, screw it. I've made a few million dollars. I'm just going to do nothing for the rest of my life and more power to him if he decides to do. Yeah. Yeah. Why not take a couple trips, catch some fish. I don't know. But I've heard him, uh, cause I lived in Pittsburgh for a long time and he was, you know, he, he was on um, the fan, I think, whatever, whatever the, the, the main sports thing was there, sports radio. And he's funny as all hell. Like he could, if he wanted to, he could be like a color guy for, you know, Major League Baseball. He is, or like a Major League Baseball team's radio broadcast or something. He is smart and really sharp-witted. So I don't know, maybe that's what he wants to do. Who knows? That'd be something. That'd be something, and that would be something to monitor for sure. Or maybe he just comes back to Oklahoma State and becomes a position coach for the baseball team. Who knows? Shoot, that works too. <laughs> All right, you got anything else for us, my friend? I I do not. But Cowboys and Cowgirls, until next time, uh, this, this is me, Jacob. That's Ian. We'll see you next time.